just while you're taking your seats, I thought it's great uh, to have Gus back with us. So fantastic to have Gus around. Uh, those are regulars, you know that his wife Jane uh, had an operation in connection with uh, cancer she had in her body, and we're just generally seeking to take care of them as a community. Uh, Gus is around us, just kind of we're taking care of him. Uh, those who are regulars know that Gus is obviously normally uh, helping lead everything, uh, but we've said actually at this point in time, just be there for your family and we'll be there for you. And so that's kind of why he's here. He's just here as one of us, which is exciting. So great to have you around, Gus. Um, in terms of this today, uh, obviously we've called it Vision Sunday. You see, it's so good within all that life has to offer, all that life throws at us, that we take moments uh, to pause for perspective. And if this is your first time around us as a community, this is a kind of very different Sunday to what we'd normally do. Normally at this point, we'd open up a passage of the Bible and seek to see what God wants to say to us through it at that point in time. Whereas today, we're just going to do things slightly differently, where we're going to take a moment to pause and gain a perspective again of, of kind of why are we here as a community to spend some time remembering something of the journey of where we've come from, but also the journey of where we're wanting to go. And so my guess is if this is your first time around, it's actually it's kind of a good Sunday to come because you get a bit of a flavor of what we're seeking to be and do. For those of us who it isn't our first time around on a Sunday, my hope is it's going to do one of two things. I hope this morning, for those of us who are regulars, kind of catches our hearts again. I'm saying that this is why I'm in. This is what I want to give my life to. That for others of us who are on our journeys into us as a community, that for you maybe today becomes the moment where you say, do you know what, I'm not going to hang around the edge. I'm in. I want to be part of this. And so my hope is, through the words that I'm able to share, through hopefully some of the heart that I can bring with it, is to do that within each and every one of us. I know whenever I'm preparing for Vision Sunday, it, it causes me to get to the end thinking, God, if no one else comes, I'm up for this. Um, and where I want us to start off with, actually, is probably with a perspective moment. Before we kind of look in on ourselves, it's just this bigger, greater vision that we live with. Probably my favorite C.S. Lewis quote, this is, and I want to just start off with this, from The Last Battle, in which it's the Chronicles of Narnia, and within it, if you've ever read the stories, it's this uh, human family who come into connection with this other world that's Narnia. Uh, these different living beasts and people who uh, have this wonderful uh, kind of connection with the creator of everything. And in it, what happens is that through these stories is this unfolding of actually what's being created wasn't always going to be what was there forever. And there's this point at the end of the story where suddenly the human world and the Narnian world is kind of collided into this new world of God's creation. And this is how C.S. Lewis kind of puts it at the very end of the book. He says this, and for us, this is the end of all the stories. And we can most truly say that they all lived happily ever after. But for them, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now at last, they were beginning chapter one of the great story which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. See, we're a bunch of people who believe that Jesus' life, death and resurrection has changed everything, not only for this earth now, but, for, but forever. And actually, the, the way we get to live now on earth is temporary. It's like the front cover and the opening title page 
for a story that's yet to unfold for the rest of eternity. That one day we will meet God, Father, Son and Spirit as we meet one another in a whole new creation. And we will get to explore that forever. And therefore, we're a bunch of people who realize that our vision isn't on this at the here and now. Our vision ultimately lies with the fact that one day we will be with God forever. Here on earth, in a totally new earth, as it's meant to be, governed and revealing in its fullest sense, God's love. And so we live with that sense of that's ultimately where we're going. We're a people, as we got through worship, whose heart burns for Jesus. Because you realize, actually, everything we are, everything we want to be is in him. And ultimately, everything we want is in him. And one day we'll see him for who he fully is. And our hearts will truly burn. But in it, knowing that's where we're going, we're also this bunch of people who said, well, let's do our best to make the title page the book cover, to be the best that it could ever be. And therefore, what we do is we imagine something of the sketching of what that book cover could be. And what we do to help us do that, and if you're regular here, you'd have heard me tell this story many times before, and I don't apologize for telling it. Just think, I think it's a good story and a good thing for us to get hold of and to imagine where we're going. See, what we do to imagine what the book cover of the story we're part of will look something like is we imagine our 25th anniversary, the year's 2024. And we arrive in what is now the home of Oasis. It's not here at the cricket ground, it's our building that's our home. It's not a building that therefore defines us, it's rather a building that we've defined that reveals something about us. And we kind of arrive at this building and the whole frontage is glass. We knew that'd be the case, because it always had to be, because who we were as a community and who we've always been as a community, who we will always be as a community, is a community of transparency. That what you see, what we say, is who we are. We don't talk a different story to the one we walk. We're continuously living out a sense of transparency. So for anyone coming past, we say, there's nothing hidden here. You can look in and see what we are. We also realize that etched on the windows in giant letters, bigger than we thought we could have ever done, is just the word welcome. As we realize that the one message we want anyone who passes our building, our home, to hear is that they are welcome. Regardless of what they've got on in their life, regardless of what's been in their life, we want them to understand that they are always welcome. And then we're about to make our way through the front door when suddenly we hear cheering. And because it's us, we kind of know we're not going to miss out. And so we kind of follow the cheering. We have to follow it right around the edge of the building. We find ourselves around the back. And as we get to the back of the building, we realize there's a football pitch. And as we look at the football pitch, we realize there's a massive football tournament all going, already going on. And we realize that everything that has started off at Holders Lane in Cannon Hill Park has now been carried forward to our home. The Monday night football is no longer Monday night football. It's, it's every night football and every day football. And we find there's a whole load of different groups of guys who are playing football. We look on the table, there's, there's a, on a board, and there's a whole league system of different ages, of men and women able to play football there. Hooray! There's... And in it, what we discover as we watch this game is we say, this is like no other, because the, the mantra that's always been there Play hard, play fair. It's just being worked out as you see these guys. But you also look around the edges and you see there's these different conversations as you realize that this isn't just football being played. This is community being built. 
look over and see people being prayed for one another. And we think, that this is amazing. We realize, this is just the outside. Let's get back in. And so we quickly rush back in and we're greeted in the entrance hall to a big cafe where there's just really nice coffee. There is good coffee. There's pastries, not just donuts. Or chocolate things. It's just there, and we, we think, well, let's grab some of that. And then we, we look around the room and realize that all over the walls, there's, there's different pieces of art, of local artists, giving them a platform in order that they can start to have a step on the run of getting their art seen by others. We look around, and there's just this whole host of different people talking to one another, seeking to kind of live out. We look out, and there's a room off the cafe, which is a whole soft play area for little kids to play in. We realize off there is another room, which just simply says, need prayer. And realize that in there, at any point, anyone needing anything can go in and talk to someone and be prayed for. We then see another sign, and on that it just starts to detail all the different rooms that are available in this place. And realize that it isn't about the rooms, it's about what they stand for. You see one room, it just says, orange rucksack. And remember, oh yeah, it had to be that. Street outreach with their orange rucksacks, just going out onto the streets, caring for rough sleepers in the city. Then no longer have we just got a rucksack, we've got a whole room, a whole suite of rooms. Showers for people to access, washing machines for people to use, a clothing store, a, a room that starts to help people kind of find accommodation. There's a whole support network there. We then see another room, just addictions recovery, another room which talks about uh, startups where anyone who's seeking to get themselves off, kind of up in terms of businesses can go and have a place to work, but also get advice of how to do it. Well, there's other rooms, pregnancy crisis. We find there's a whole suite of rooms that are just given over to others in the city who are seeking to just work for the good of the city. They don't have enough to pay anything. They just can turn up and do stuff and have somewhere they can base themselves to do good in the city. This is just a list of names. And then we find another room and we kind of go into that and it's called the den. And we realize that there's all graffiti over the walls. We think we shouldn't probably be in here. And this is kind of like the place where any teenager can just go and hang out. In the evenings, it's transformed to a gig place where impact isn't just their hair and hounds. It's also become part of us. That we're just a recognized place where music gets kind of trumpeted in the right sense. Then go back out and we find that room that we always knew would be there, but we just wanted to check it be there, the one that says boiler room, which we know is not about the heating. We know it's about prayer. And we go in the very heart of the building is this room that just says boiler room. We go through and just as we always pictured it, it's there. Three walls in front of us, one that has a map of Birmingham that just has loads and loads of dots with names on it, just says about all the different people, part of Oasis, in all the different places they are, seeking to reveal just the wonder an understanding of who God is and his love for everyone. We then find a map of the nation and all the different people who've been sent from Oasis into loads of different places. Just as a quick aside, just to get us back into the now as we're looking at the map. My map of that at the moment is Facebook. Whenever I go on Facebook, I am unbelievably overwhelmed by the number of people who've been part of Oasis. And we're talking like 400 or so who are now in different places within this nation and are seeking to get hold of what they caught here and worked out where they are. And it just does my heart good and people's profiles pop up and I think, I remember them. God, thank you so much for the time they are with us. And we now have invested in them and what they're doing. But anyway, that's just the second map on the wall. The third map is a map of the world and we've got different individuals. No longer is it just the stunts. There's others who are on there. And Agnes 
who is still sent in order that they would be an oasis where they are in different nations. But then we realized we'd come for a party. And so we leave that room and we go back into the main auditorium. And as we get in there, it's just a hive of just activity. Doing what Oasis does best, talk. Just loads and loads of people chatting to each other. We recognize familiar faces. There's loads of faces we don't recognize. And then someone at the front tries to kind of bring some sense of kind of bringing everyone together. And we do what we always do, and that just ignore them. And we think this must be Oasis. And as they continue, we just ignore them. And then someone else gets up there and starts to share their story. As soon as they start, we want to listen. And we hear story after story of how individuals' lives have been impacted and transformed by individuals in the community of Oasis. At the very end of the stories, there's a civic leader who steps up and just thanks Oasis for the way it's invested itself into the city. And they say, if I could summarize what Oasis is in one word, it would be this, love. And then they sit down. And at that point, a guy we recognize stands up to lead worship. His beard now is so long. Some would say it should have been trimmed. <laughs> and Andrew Gordon stands with a beard touching the floor and simply says, we love because God first loved us. Let's celebrate in him. And at that point, the place just erupts in white hot worship. As we look around, we realize that actually this is the community we've always wanted to be part of. Because it's never about us. It's always about him, Jesus. And as we sit there or stand there taking part in worship, we suddenly realize that this isn't the end of the story. We realize that the best is still yet to be. See, we're a bunch of people who say we're not here to sketch out some drawing that's pretty pitiful. We're not a bunch of people who are just sitting in a waiting room to finally meet Jesus. We're a bunch of people who say we're going to give ourselves to sketch out the best front cover we can because we know there is such a good story that's going to be continued. And in it, as we sought to sketch out the best thing we can see at the moment, we just look and say, maybe we could see our 25th birthday. At that point, we know that's not the end of the story. But we say, what we do know is what's going to be the governing thing is our desire to love. To love this unique city that we've been placed in. To love the city and beyond we've been placed in. Because we've got this blueprint to live by. A blueprint that we see in Matthew 22, 37 to 39, where Jesus just simply says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So what we did is we said, hey, how can we take that blueprint of what we're to do in loving where we're placed now, uniquely revealing this God of love, is we'll summarize it in four words, loving God, loving people. And we said everything we want to be, everything we'll do will always be out of those four words, loving God, loving people. Loving God with that deep desire that everything we are is centered on him. Centered on his life-giving love. Centered not only on his life-giving love and who he is as a God of love, but also those that are then ident our identity is found in him. Understanding that we are now those that have ever, who've been as loved as we could have ever dared to be loved. And therefore we don't allow our past, we don't allow what others have said about us to define us. We allow him to define us and his love. And so we're going to be those who love God by centering our lives on him, but also in celebration of him. We want to be those that make little of ourselves, but much of him. 
in our words and actions. For me, my favorite Sunday is growing to be Nativity Who. Uh, it genuinely causes some parts of me to die, but other parts of me seem to be coming alive. But Nativity Who, for those of you who've not come across it, is basically last Sunday of the year, put it in your diary this year, uh, sorry, last Sunday before Christmas, uh, where we literally tell the Nativity story in a Guess Who fashion. If you ever played the game Guess Who, basically anyone can come dressed up as anything they want to, to do with the Nativity story, and we incorporate everyone. And for me, why I love that Sunday is it reveals everything about what we think in loving God. And that's that we don't take ourselves too seriously, but we really take God very seriously. And the thing that gets me is the people who come around us on that Sunday, who've never known anything else about us, they say this, they say, hey, what I realize through this is you, you seem to really take God seriously and you love him, but you're not that bothered about yourselves. And I think that's a good thing to be said. I was talking to a guy last Sunday, first time around us, and he said, I, I'm just new in this. I'm trying to work out who Jesus is. But just being around you, I just realized that there's something you've got that I haven't. And I want to get it. You seem to love God in a different way. And I want to know how you do that. We want to be a bunch of people who center and celebrate in loving God. We also then want to love people. Why? Because we want to love what God loves. God loves people. Therefore, we want to love people. And we want to love how God loves. God loves sacrificially. You see it at the cross. The greatest demonstration of God's love. He loves sacrificially. He loves unconditionally. And he loves for our best. And therefore, we want to be a bunch of people who seek to do that, who love people as God loved us. In order that everyone who comes into touch with us wouldn't leave thinking they're nice, but rather would have tasted and seen how good God is as a God of love. And that in the love that we're able to express, they're able to cut to a journey to discover the love that we know they can know. And we'd find many individuals who come to find this love of God. And then as we give ourselves to loving God, loving people, what we found is each year we have these different moments where we gather like this. And there's like a word that comes through that just encourages us encourages us in our shaping of who we're going to be. It's a word-shaping word, if you like. And last year, if you're around, you know that the word that we had was named. In previous years, it's been things like enjoying the journey, fruit that lasts, pause, center, continue, showing that we stay centered on God. Last year, it was that we were named, that we're to live in the reality of the fact that we're called Oasis for a reason, that Oasis is all about rest, refreshment, refuge, and restoration. And we said that last year was to be a year where we sought to enjoy beingness and enjoy revealing this. Enjoy being it together. Enjoy revealing it together. Enjoy being it as an individual. Enjoy revealing it as an individual. And then what we said is let's then give ourselves over the years to just share loads of stories of how we've done this. And the thing is, if we're not careful, we can quickly kind of jump to the next year. And someone like me, I'm always wired in 2017. I've kind of thought, yeah, 2016, done. Let's go to 2017. However, it's so important to take brief moments and say, man, look at what happened. Look at what God did in remembering and reminding us that we're named for a reason in this city to be an oasis, a place of rest, refreshment, refuge and restoration. And so last year, there's loads of different things that went on. And I just want to take a moment just to remember some of them. There's this Photoshop at this point in time of just loads of different things that we got involved in, some of which aren't even up here. But let me just highlight a few. What shall we do? Uh, here we go. 
big bear in the ground. We had Easter Sunday, which we wanted to make a big thing of Easter. And so last year, we did the first ever Easter egg hunt in the stands and in this massive celebration of Easter Sunday so that people could come around us, which they did, and got to know something of Oasis and how we do Easter and the amazing message of Easter. We got Within that, then we got these moments, it's not up here, we had a moment of just gathering together for a big barbecue, celebrating what it is that we are together and just the fact that whenever we gather together, we can't inv- help but invite others along. So we just had a, a whole load, hundreds of people uh, in Pete and Trina's garden, as we know that there's even more room this year when we'll do the barbecue again. So get inviting. And then had moments where the football teams had two football teams this time in the football tournament, tournament they're involved in once a year. Went there, didn't win, but nearly did. <laughs> Amazing. But we're not actually bothered ultimately about winning, though now they're going to say, no, we are. What we're most bothered about is the sense of community that gets built through that. That basically the two teams that we have are predominantly 50% people who'd say Oasis is their church, 50% who'd say they're connected to Oasis through football. And they just love gathering around that, of building community, of saying, actually, this is what Oasis is for me. This is the place where I feel most known. And it's just a great time away. We had moments of being involved in the Birmingham Half Marathon, where we got to literally be one of the, well, we did put on the best band, apparently, on the whole of the route, Uh, the best supporters, uh, and a way of just saying, we're here to do good in the city. People on Channel 5 were watching it, and they saw the runners come past here, and they saw Edge Baston Cricket Ground and Oasis Church Orange Flags. That's all they saw. Why? Not because we're promoting ourselves, because we want to say we're here to do good in the city. I haven't got time to keep going, but other thing, light night, kids' event. Something like 40% Oasis kids, 60% uh, their friends coming to an evening where they just get to have fun, hang out, and show that church is something that is relevant. Then we kind of round off the year. haven't got time to work website. Round off the year by four carol services. We see loads of guests at every single one. We do the fourth one at the Hare and Hounds. First time we've ever done it, do a combination of impact and a carol service in a pub. Found out after the event that Birmingham Mail had caught hold of what we were doing there and actually put it in there, what to do over Christmas. So 10 things of what to do over Christmas. One of them was carol service at Heron Hounds. We then even, just as a quick aside, thought, why don't we just produce a CD? And so produced a CD and gave it away to everyone of all the different carols that we've done. The number of stories I've heard out of that of different people who are not connected to Oasis bar from getting a CD, who spent their entire Christmas break just listening over and over to these carols. And they just said, it just did me good. See, what happened is we had these different things that went on, but what we said is, wouldn't it be amazing to share stories? And we said, wouldn't it be amazing if we could share 300 stories within Oasis? Now, here's the truth. We haven't got a record of 300 stories. But the reality is, 300 plus stories have been shared within us as a community. I think I was just racking my brains thinking of every week, different things that I'm involved in. And they all start with what stories everyone's got. And everyone had a story of how either they'd known Oasis being an Oasis to them or how they'd been an Oasis to someone else. And it's been phenomenal. You see, I haven't actually even touched on a story that's ongoing at the moment, a story that actually involved us moving out of the Oasis suite next door to upstairs in order that a private company could come in there. A story that meant that actually a wall got built just literally behind there, which meant that we had to move from one meeting to two meetings and rejig a whole space. 
A story that kind of felt like in May to July last year that we've been squeezed out of the cricket ground. And yet actually what God was doing was pushing us in to the cricket ground. So much so that by the summer, uh, the guy who's the commercial director of the cricket ground would talk about Oasis Church as a partner of the cricket ground. I had the privilege of then meeting with the head of PR in Edgebaston, and he just said, tell us our story. That's a dangerous thing to ask me. Tell me your story. So I sat there for an hour and told him the Oasis story, all of it. And he just kept making notes, made three pages of notes. At the end of it, he said, we need to get this story out. So in the next quarter, they have a magazine that goes out to 1,300 or 1,500 uh, members of Edgebaston Cricket Ground. They said, we want to run an article on Oasis Church in that just telling the story of what you guys do. Then at their carol service at the end of the year, they said, is there a way that you guys could get involved? And I had emailed them and suggested some things they could do as a ground to do good in the city. So they put on a food bank at their carol service, had just a stack of food given for local food banks in the area. They then gave to us that we could then distribute. And I was in a meeting then just a week and a bit ago with this guy who's the head of PR, guy who's a manager of T20, so the biggest kind of intake of revenue for this as a ground apart from internationals. And the third guy was a guy who's a, their new community worker. I haven't got time to tell you how that meeting fully went, but the upshot is this. As I sat there, I thought I was just talking to the T20s guy to say, hey, I wonder if you could do food banks through T20s. Instead, the PR guy said, please, would you tell these two all that you told me? And I said, you can't surely mean that. He said, no, no, tell them about what you do in the city. So I told them about Monday Night Football. I told them about Impact, our live bands event. I told them about Bridge, our addictions recovery work. I told them about street outreach, and I forgot the food bank. I had to come back to that. At the end of it, they're just scribbling down notes. And they said, tell us again about your story of what you've done in the past with Edgebaston Cricket Ground. So I told them about the fun day that we used to be involved in. The T20s guy then turns to me and said, we need to do that. Please, would you help us do that this year? Please, would you do it twice? I said, oh, I can't commit to twice. Why don't we go for one? So Father's Day this year, there's going to be the reintroduction through us of the Edgebaston Fun Day. He then said, actually, every T20 match, please, would you be present? Please, please, would you publicize anything that you're doing as a church? Come and just add anything you want to, because we recognize that what you've got, we need. At the end of the conversation, there's a whole load of other stuff that I'll fill you in on. They, they said, look, what we want you to know is, what can we do for you? You're doing such great stuff, and we want you to understand that our social media and our name is behind you. Anytime you need to use the name of Edgebaston, anytime you want to use our social media to promote anything you're doing, please come. And so I said, that's great, but can I ask you something? I said, what we're here to do is to do good in the city. My question is, how are you seeking to do good in the city? Not... What's going to benefit you? How are you going to seek to do good in this city this year? As I left that meeting, and also the other thing they said is they turned to their new community guy, who happens to be a Christian, going to Tim Hughes' church, which is just fantastic, kind of understands fully who we are. They turned to him and said, you need to be going there every two weeks to Oasis. Find out what's going on and tell us. I thought, fair enough. I left there and just thought, what other church in this nation has access like that to an international sporting ground. In a moment where we think we're being squeezed out, God uses it to push us in. Our stories were named, but our story isn't that it ends there. See, this year, I want us to live with a different sense. A sense that comes out of uh, a Bible passage in Isaiah 54, 
2, where it says this, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. I believe that God wants us to live with this passage in mind this year. See, what I love about this passage, it isn't go and do something new. It's basically carry on doing what you're doing, but stretch it, lengthen it, enlarge it. And that's what I believe God wants us to live with this, week, this year. I believe God wants us to live with this sense of being, of pushing out, of building in. If you're around last week, uh, Henson just kind of read out this prayer, a phenomenal prayer. I've been quoting it left, right and centre this week uh, from Francis Drake, 1577. So Francis Drake, the great explorer, praised this prayer and Henson read it out. And I thought this is exactly what I believe God wants us to live with this year. I'm going to read it out quickly and then we'll get to apply something of what I want us to live with this year. So he says, Francis Drake prayed this, disturb us, Lord, when we are too pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we dream too little, when we arrive safely because we sailed too close to the shore. Disturb us, Lord, when with the abundance of things we possess, we have lost our thirst for the waters of life. Having fallen in love with life, we have ceased the dream of eternity. And in our efforts to build a new earth, we've allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture on wilder seas, where storms will show your mastery, where losing sight of land, we shall find the stars. We ask you to push back the horizons of our hopes and to push back the future in strength, courage, hope and love. This we ask in the name of our captain, who is Jesus Christ. When Henson read that prayer out, I thought, this is exactly what you're on, God, this year for us that we are no longer going to sail close to the shore. We're no longer going to simply build how we've built before. We're saying, actually, this is a year where we're going to extend. We're going to push out. We're going to go out to the place where we think, can we really stretch that far? Because when we get there, we're going to realize, as Bill always gets excited at that point, <laughs> we're going to realize at that point that we realize that God has got our back, that we'll understand something about his sovereignty when it feels like the waves are really crashing. That we'll get to see stars that otherwise we would have missed because we're too close to shore. Because this year we need to live with a temperament of building. That's what I want us to live with. A sense of building. Of building with that sense of lengthening, strengthening, enlarging, enlarging, stretching. And as we seek to build, I want us to live with that sense of building in four different directions. It'll come up. If you're looking for the prayer, just to see people taking photos, online, Oasis Church Facebook page, the prayer is there. Get it. I'd say print it out. I've got it printed out. Stick it on your fridge because that is going to be your prayer for this year, I hope. Anyway, this year, what are we going to look for? I think we need to be looking to build in four different directions. I want us to build in depth, in breadth, in uh, kingdom, and in building. It's not me making a mistake on my PowerPoints. I do want us to build in building. But we'll get to that one. First one, building in depth. This year, I want to encourage us. Let's not get satisfied by what we've known in God. There is an invitation to build deeper in our relationship with God. And I want to just add one word into that deepening of our relationship with God. And that word is rest. Can I encourage us this year to explore what it is to rest in who God is and to rest in our identity in him? Because if we rest in him, we'll find comfort. See, it isn't just that we rest in something, it's also that we rest from something. I want us to rest from conflict. That conflict of uh, competition, of how do we compare to others, of, of that comparison that goes with it. 
that conflict that, that comes of, is what I'm doing going to be good enough? I want us to live this year with that stretch of depth of saying, as individuals, what is it going to mean for me push deeper in resting in who God is and my identity in him? And so you might, and this you're going to think, well, how do I do that? Well, that's what I'm asking you to work out. For every single one of us, it's going to look different. I'm encouraging us individually, say this year, I want to, I want to build in depth in who God is and who I am in him. And then together we're going to do it. We're going to do it through weeks of prayer. The week of prayer isn't just something, a jazzy new way to pray. This is going to build depth into us as a community. We're going to build it through our teaching. We're going to build it through our worship. First one, building in depth. Second one, building in breadth. We need to build in breadth of who we are as a community. Build in breadth of diversity. We're looking to the same. If you feel different and you're new here and you think, can I fit? Oh, yes, you can. You're so welcome here because my worst nightmare is that we become a community that increasingly looks like me. There's too many checkered shirts at the front. We need to diversify. I notice. <laughs> it isn't just a checkered shirt. There's that we need to diversify. So if you feel like you're different, you're so welcome here because we need to broaden our breadth and our diversity. We need to broaden our breadth and our connection. It's not enough to just gather in a room. We need to connect in real ways. We need to be strengthening what we're doing in small groups. Small groups are both, the, both that kind of weekly rhythm, but also through focus small groups, that sense of we've got a shared interest. Let's gather together around that shared interest and then also seek to do the... Uh, a centered playlist of loving God, the world, and home. They're simply living with that rhythm. Also, the, the small group structure of just infrequently meeting, which is what fits for me, with some group of people doing the centered playlist once every six weeks or so. And then how are we doing in this? We need to build breadth in terms of our connection. And I guess what I'm asking is that we seek to do that. Maybe for some of us, we're new in, and the breadth is actually you just adding in, saying, I'm in. For many of us, we are in. Let's look to be those that are building breadth by seeking to include others. Seeking to say, hey, do you know what? I've been in a small group. And actually, rather than just being in it, I'm going to start one. Because I want others to connect in. So it's breadth, it's kingdom. Building in terms of kingdom. One of the things that God has put in us is an understanding that we get to see his kingdom that is to come now. His kingdom of peace, of love, of righteousness of no more pain and sickness, a kingdom that there is unity, a kingdom where there is comfort, that we get to bring that into the now, that we get to reveal it now, that we get to reveal it together, we get to reveal it individually where we've been placed. And I want us to not kind of settle for where we've got. Let's continue to build this year, saying actually what does it mean to lengthen, to strengthen, to stretch out our expressions of kingdom together in terms of Monday night football, in terms of impact, in terms of street outreach, in terms of the bridge, in terms of the food bank. We don't want to settle with where we've got to. We want to say, no, we're, we're pushing the boundaries of this. We're going to push it further. So sometimes it feels it's stretching. Is it going to break? I oh, know, because God's got this. But also individually, of saying every single one of us is being uniquely placed. Uniquely placed, as Jesus said in Matthew 5, to be salt and light. To be those who add God's flavor and add God's color wherever we've uniquely been placed. And for some of us, this year is a year where actually we stop hiding. Stop thinking our flavor doesn't count. But actually this year is a year where we say, you know what, I've been uniquely placed here for now. 
And in this place, I get to add the color and flavor. For many of us, it's actually that moment of saying, I've been doing something. Well, no, no, now the, now's the point to really stretch it out. Now's the point to say, hey, what would it really look like if I cause this workplace, if I cause my street, if I cause these shops I go to, to really start to see the color and flavor that I've come to add. And then lastly, building, building. Here's the deal. This room, if we're not careful, will start to confine us. And we'll start to think this is who we are. And a building and a room can never do that. See, who we are isn't this place. We were made for something else. And therefore, a building isn't just a structure for us. It's actually a home in which we dwell in and inhabit. And I want us to live with a sense of this isn't it. I love what God's doing in the cricket ground. He'll still keep doing that, I promise you. But this isn't our final destiny. And I want us to be praying this year of saying, God, would you come and break through? And would you provide us the home that we dream of? Because we want to start to inhabit it. We want to start to use it as the base to do good in this city. And the thing is, nine years ago, I stood in a different place and said pretty much the same thing. We were in a school in, Ke in Kings Heath. And in nine years ago in Kings Heath, I stood up and I boldly said, by the end of this year, we're going to move, knowing I had no clue how that was going to work. I genuinely didn't. And six months in, I was genuinely petrified, thinking it isn't working. <laughs> Cut a long story short, we ended that year at Edgebaston with God supernaturally causing rent to be lowered by 80%, causing commitment for us to regularly meet, and causing us to be in a venue which suddenly caused us to look a lot bigger than we really are. Honestly, again, we've got nine years to go. I felt that. I felt like it was nine years ago, and we've got nine years to go to 2024. And I stand here again, and I say, this isn't it. Let's not sell for this. Let's believe God for the building that he's given us. I don't know where it is yet. I genuinely was standing here thinking, I really hope God you come through on this one. But I want to pray this year. God, would you bring us a building? I want us to use our finances to say, God, we know we're going to need money here. So we want to, I would say, we give money, we pray, we pray for money, we pray for a building. But we say, God, we want this because we recognize we're here and we're here permanently because we want to change. We want to see everything we've painted for the cover. So we finish off here then. Five minutes late, sorry. Welcome everyone from the second meeting. You'll get to hear it again in a moment. I don't know where you're at. I know where I am at. I, I kind of signed up at the very beginning. I don't know if you hear that. I said, this is what I'm going for this year. And that's fact, I know Vince and Gus, this is what they're going for as well. So there's at least three of us and our families who are definitely going for this. And do you know what, that's enough. I really believe it is, but I know it's not enough because I know the invitation is for you as well. And my question is this, is you up for it? Do you want to become part of this? And so I wondered if I could just ask us now to stand up. As we stood up, why don't we close our eyes so we don't need to see what everyone's doing. At this point, I'm going to ask you to do something. It isn't for my own sense of well-being or affirmation. I don't go home kind of tallying a list, thinking, high five, Adrian, you sold it again. That's not it. This is an individual moment before us and God of where we say, actually, you know what? This year, I'm not just going to be thrown from one thing to the next. This year, I want to give myself to building. I want to give myself to building breadth depth, 
kingdom and a building. Why? Because I've seen something in you, Jesus. I've seen something in you, Jesus, that I know I'm going to know. But also I want to be involved now in this moment on this earth of painting a very good book cover with this bunch of people. And if that's you, if you think, yeah, that's me, I want you to do a bold thing. I just want, I'm going to count to three and then I want you to put your hand up saying, as well as saying, God, I'm in. It isn't a moment for me to say, oh, they're in, they're not in. It's not that. Actually, I respect people, whatever you do, because actually it's about our hearts at this point in time. So one, two, three, respond as you want to. Great. Jesus, I thank you for your work amongst us. I thank you. Our story is ultimately your story. And Jesus, we just say that again today, that we're here for you. Again today, we're here to see your kingdom built here on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus, I pray as we give ourselves to this, I pray, would you be the one who is glorified? Jesus, we ask you for everything we need for this coming year. And we say, God, would you be the one who we leave on the end of this year? I want to pray, Jesus, that this year would be a year where we end the year saying, what depth we know in you, God? What rest we found in you? What breadth we've got as a community? What kingdom breakthrough we've seen? And God, I want to pray also for a building. God, I, I pray bold prayers, wacky prayers, where I think sometimes, really? God, I pray, God, that we'd even be sat in a different room next year. I want to pray that. So God, I pray, do the miraculous amongst us for your glory, Jesus. Amen.